All right, if you guys will pray with me the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Okay, today we are going to be talking about this part in the the Lord's Prayer, which actually, it's in the King James, but it's not in every other version, as we'll see. But it's, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So, we have these things set up in our lives that are very helpful to us. Rhythms is one of those things where as we go through life and we're trying to learn or, or live something out that benefits us and that would be helpful for us, practice is extremely important in that. As we live our lives for Jesus, we need to learn to, or we need to practice and learn how to live in God's kingdom. So for practice, repetition is key, right? Doing the same thing over and over and over. It helps cement the thing in our lives and it gives the exercise that we're about, a firm foundation. And practice leads to muscle memory. And the longer you do it, the more natural it becomes. My kids have often go, dad, when you think about driving, do you think about it? And I drive a stick shift and it's like, not really. It's just like, I know when it is, right? And then, and then I start thinking about it and I'm like, okay, maybe a little bit. But it's also important how we practice too. So if we practice the wrong way and we build the wrong habits and form the wrong habits, it'll, it could stunt our growth in the future. It may work for the time being, but it might not work for the future because this muscle memory is so important in worship as well as we get into it. It helps us learn how to worship even if we do it without thought or it just comes out. Like how many of us when we were in the house, we just cry, oh Lord right? But our father or something like that. It's when we practice it, it helps us do a thing with great skill. It really does. And it would be good for us to worship God with all that we have, our heart, mind, and soul, and to do this with great skill. And so in this, we need rhythms to help us learn this worship of God because it's so foreign to the culture that we live in. So the ending to this Lord's Prayer, it's not in the ESV or the NIV or whatever version you have, but it is in the King James. And I'm just going to confess that like we, we grew up at least at first with the King James and, I, and we grew up praying this prayer. And I always prayed this, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And so I just kind of like assumed it was a part of the ESV. And it's not. Or I assumed that it was in all the other translations. And it's not. But since we pray it every week, I thought, let's get into it. Because we do pray this every week. And so, um, because we are uh, praying this with literally billions and billions of Christians over time. This is, this is what they would have prayed. But this section, this little tagline at the end is called the doxology of the Lord's Prayer. And in this, it's the rhythm of praying the Lord's Prayer, including the doxology, is is a formulated way of praying that we can kind of like riff from, that we can kind of like go off on, on, on. And so when I actually think of practice, what I think about, I know I play guitar, but that's not what I think about because I just play it. I don't know if I practice it that much. But what I think about is, uh, is saxophone. 
And the reason for that is I have a friend who is a, an amazing saxophone player. And for the last 45 years, I've even gone over to his house and you can hear him practicing. He practices his scales over and over and over and over again. I can't, I, I'd be hard to know how many times he's dust, done this. He has mastered the circle of fifths, which is a musical term. He knows all the major and minor scales. He is great at mixolydian, pentatonic, Dorian, and Lydian modes. He knows it all. He's got it all so locked in his mind. He is a true master of his instrument. He is very, very good. And a true master would tell you that he still is learning. He's still trying to figure things out. So what does he need to do? He needs to still practice. And he plays at live gigs. And when he does this, all this practice helps him perform to the best of his abilities. When you watch him, you're not like, oh man, that guy's trying so hard or look at the great energy. It's actually effortless. Why? Because he's done it a hundred thousand times and more than that, probably a million times at this point. But he's able to... He's able to play with ease and able to riff any change at a moment's notice because of all this built up muscle memory and this practice. And I would argue that it's the same way with prayer. It's the same way with prayer. We get to learn the Lord's prayer because Jesus taught us this is how we pray. We get to look through the prayers of Jesus like the high priestly prayer. And the other times when he, we can look at the prayer pattern of Jesus when he went off to pray and, and then he did these things and he took a break. We can learn to pray the Psalms and then the rest of the scriptures of well, as well have prayers all over them that will help us practice to pray and, and they will help us pray. It, this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, it teaches us what prayer is. And the truth is, it gives us language for all sorts of situations as we talk to God. As we come to Him, uh, as we are, right? Wherever we are, whenever we are, we know how to cry out to Him, how to praise Him. We know how to ask for Him when we are in need. And we also know how to glorify His name. You know why we know that? Because we pray the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again. So as this is the doxology, doxologies are short hymn-like verses that help us live out our life in the new kingdom that Jesus is bringing about. A doxology is just a short, short, helpful uh, thing in the way that we do it. Now, I would say this, unlike saxophone practice or anything like that, we don't have to perform for God. It's not like, you practice praying and then all of a sudden you get to the real deal on Sunday and you're like, oh Lord, I hope this really works. That's not it. He isn't ranking us as if we're better at worse than praying and giving us favor in any direction. Because, And he isn't answering us because, oh well, you used the right words. That's not how it is. Practice in prayer isn't about getting it right. It's, it, it, um, it, it, it isn't like the, the saxophone scales making sure. But even though it's not like that, we still grow in skill and prayer. But as we grow in skill and prayer, what do we realize that we need? Grace. We need Jesus to show up. We need God's forgiveness. We still, uh, we still need, and that is the point of prayer. We need to talk to God. We need to communicate to him in all the ways that is good for human communications. And when I think about that, I think about words. I think about song. I think about 
body language. I think about eye movement. I think about just sometimes the grunts and groans that we can go through. We can practice communicating to God. And we do this through the Lord's Prayer because this is how Jesus taught us to pray. And even as we have looked at it little bit by little bit over the last two months, we can see that there is more than meets the eye to this little prayer that we pray every week. And I find, honestly, I find that in my prayer time is becoming more focused because it seems to give me more prompts in talking to God as we think through our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. As we think through these things, as we think through thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, or give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses. All these things prompt us when we're talking to God, and so does, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Many followers throughout Christian history have memorized the Lord's Prayer, and as well as other sections of Scripture, through the weekly recitation of this prayer. That's how they've learned. If we think about this, like we live in a modern age where everybody knows how to read just about, right? It's hard to find people who don't. But I'd guess that billions of Christians throughout history didn't know how to read. People that would come to church that didn't necessarily even have access to scriptures, but when they were taught to pray, they were taught to pray like this, the Lord's Prayer. They were taught to pray. Their um, theology may not have been as robust as some, but they had a prayer life and they exercised it. And, and this happens with Christians who don't have Bibles in different lands today. Like think about North Korea or some, like some countries in North Africa where Christianity is not accepted. And Jesus is still hearing their prayers as they cry out to him. And it stemmed from this prayer that Jesus taught us. This is the rhythm of praying it together every week by yourself. Every week, it's a a beautiful togetherness. And as we pray this, we do join with billions of Christians every single week. It um, It is ever being prayed in different languages throughout the world. It's constantly being translated. But it is the same prayer to the same God for the same sustenance, the same need for forgiveness, and for God to lead us and for us not to fall away. It's a beautiful prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. We also, though, praise God in this prayer, right? We recognize him for his holiness. We ask for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, not all pray the doxology. I learned that this week, too. The Catholics don't pray it. And, but, and, but most of the, like, uh, we prayed the doxology part when we were at uh, Holy Trinity over the summer. And so... So the, uh, the Anglican Church does pray it. But um, many do pray the doxology to the Lord's Prayer. And it may seem basic, but the more we pray, the more we learn what it is to pray. And as a follower of Jesus, that's somebody who is learning the ways of God, God's kingdom. And honestly, you and I need this constant reminder. We need to be reminded that this life isn't about us. It's not about us. And that's not like a, oh, you're nothing. No, because it benefits us so much, but it's not about us. We have to, what, die to self so that Christ might live in us. And Jesus lives his life for the glory of the Father. He lives his life through the power of the Holy Spirit uh, that the Father has given him. And Jesus knows that the kingdom was his father's or is his father's. So now we come to it 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this is God's kingdom. God's power and God's glory, that's all we really want because we recognize that as preeminent over all our lives. And in this, in this kingdom, this is where we find what our hearts long for. When God has the power, the glory, and the honor forever and ever, we find that our hearts are settled in these situations. So we need to be reminded of of these four things, that it's God's kingdom, that it's God's power, that it's all for his glory, and that it will never end. We need to be reminded of these all the time. And so as we look at it's God's kingdom, the life that we live as followers of Jesus is foreign life to this world that we live in. The kingdom of Jesus is showing us and teaching us in the book of Matthew, it's very much unlike the world we live in and the way just even remember the Beatitudes may not be polar opposite in every way, but certainly the motivation of Jesus' followers are different. We don't live for ourselves, amen? We live for God's glory because he is our king and he is our God and we believe that our good king and our God deserves all the glory. And we get to be reminded of this every time we pray that God's ways are not our own, that even though his ways benefit us very much, this life that we have is to be lived out as his kingdom, as Jesus, as our king, not us. So help us, Jesus. I pray that you will just help us live in your kingdom as you would have us live. And I pray each and every week that God will just show us and lead us in the ways that you desire for us to live. We live with you, and we want to be good citizens who honor our king. The next thing that we pray for is, it's God's power. It's God's power. I love stories of Jesus. I love stories of kind of like crazy stuff that God does. But Jesus did some really crazy stuff on earth. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He brought sight to the blind. He fed thousands with very little. He walked on water. He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. He did this. He died a sinless death. And then he rose again from death. And he reigns now in heaven. And he's preparing a place for us. How did he do this? It's, it's truly like supernatural wonders that exceed explanation. That, um, that also exceed like modes of science. That... Honestly, we can have a part of because Jesus lived perfectly by the power of the Holy Spirit. He also wants us to have that power. That's why. What did he do? He left us the Holy Spirit. I pray most of my journals begin with, God, I just want to see signs and wonders. I just want to see signs and wonders. I want to see the power of God at work because the more I see them, the more I want to see them. And the more I see them, the less crazy I think some of my crazy ideas are. I love the stories of missionaries and preachers who pray and then God answers in unbelievable ways, right? It's powerful ways that only God could bring, that God could bring about and God brings the glory. One of my favorite is George Mueller when they were hungry and they said, oh, they went out to go feed the kids and the kids were like, we don't have any food or milk. And sure enough, there was a food truck and a milk truck that broke down right outside their place, and they got to walk it in. They're like, hey, it's going to spoil if you guys don't use this. And they're like, we'll take it. 
That's only, that can just bring God glory. It wasn't George Mueller's prayer. It wasn't the kid's hunger. It was just God saying, I've got you. I've got you protected. And it was a beautiful thing. The ways that God works, not, they can't always be explained by logic. Like I was telling somebody the story of the house and this is what they told me. Now yeah, that's, that's really weird. I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. But at the same time, like it defies logic because this is not what happens. And I long to see though, in this way, I long to see God save folks who seem unsavable, who have walked away. I pray that he will just bring them back. I long to see salvation for so many that I love, but that God loves even more. And for God's salvation to work deeper and deeper into the lives of those who are trying to follow him. Jesus left us his Holy Spirit. And for too long, some of us have forgone the Holy Spirit as uh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's power as God's power in our lives. Now, some of this is done be- like we forgo it because we see some people that call themselves charismatic, and it's kind of like I don't understand what's going on. It doesn't seem to match up with Scripture, and that's okay. But when we seek first the kingdom of God, this is the very thing that we're praying for here. And in His kingdom, there is power. And this power, we've seen it throughout scripture, is earth creating, heart changing, body healing, like life creating, miracle performing power. Then when we pray thine is the kingdom, the power, we are asking for God to show up in his power, the same power that Jesus had, the wonder working power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not sure that all of you guys know, but I'm I'm a flow-blown charismatic. I don't act like it. I'm not hooting and hollering in tongues all the time, but I've seen God do too much in my life that I just can't make any sense of. I believe the full scope of music miracles that are laid out in the life of Jesus. I believe that they can, and I believe that they do happen today. However, I will say this. I don't believe that we can control the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit acts in perfect accordance with God, uh, accordance to the father and son's perfect will. I love that God is not manipulated, manipulated, or he's not manipulatable, which is not a real word, but you get what I'm saying. He's not manipulate. It's not, we don't conjure up the power of the Holy spirit. And we're reminded that through this prayer, because it's not our power for thine is the kingdom, the power, not us. We don't control the Holy Spirit. You know what we do? Follow. That's what we do. We can ask for whatever we want, but in our asking, we are also submitting to the will of God and the power of God's work and not our power in prayer as we go through this. I expect, fully expect to see more people healed in my life. I expect to see people freed from addiction. I expect people to be made whole and holy. And I expect for people to get saved. I beg for signs and wonders to see them. You know why though? Because we've tasted, I've tasted and seen the power of God at work. And it's wonderful. And this power is far more than we can see or know. I love that God's power can put foreign armies to flight and it can calm our hearts. It's, it's, um, uh, we, we can see signs and wonders in grand ways where there's crazy stuff happening. But what about the tiny ones as well? What about his power that speaks peace to us and remind us that we need to be patient in this moment? 
What about his power that goes out and convicts us and puts us on the right path and then gives us the courage to follow him down that right path and gives us the power to endure with him on that path? The power of God can do big and mighty things. Amen? It can also do small things. And sometimes a whole bunch of small things add to a really big thing. And as we end the Lord's Prayer, we get to be reminded that the power isn't ours. It isn't our words. It is His power that we need to be at work in our lives. We need His power in the way that He wants to enact it. We don't manipulate God's power. We seek it. We expect it. We ask for it in Jesus' name. But His power is so great that we trust that He is at work even when we can't see all the wonders that are happening around us. And I will say this. God is going to pour out his power. He does this time and time again. He already is doing this, and I pray that we might pay attention to it and expect him to do it, and then praise him for it whenever we see it. Like we just saying that, like, uh, that whatever we have eyes that God is doing so much in our lives because the power of God in our life, God's power is resurrection power. And we need that power in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones. Amen. And then we can pray this for thine is the glory. All that we do and all that we pray for, we want God to get the glory in our lives and in the life of this world. Amen. It's not about us. This part of the prayer helps keep us humble, I think, when we pray this. It helps keep us humble. It keeps reminding us that prayer and grace and forgiveness, it's not about our goodness. It's about God's glory. As we get closer to him, we see his goodness, and then we want more of it, and we want his grace. I think we, in ending the prayer this way, we need this humility in prayer. So much of what we pray for benefits us, right? Like, God, will you please do this? Why? Well, it will either bring me peace or I just want this material thing. And God cares about the material thing as well as our spiritual needs. So, so much that we pray benefits us. And I believe this is good and right. But at the same time, it is good and right to submit it all to God's glory. We cannot be glory thieves. This is a major theme all through Scripture. If we pray for something and God gives it, God gives it, it's not because of our prayer. It isn't because of our power. It's about God and he gets the glory. If we have something great happen to us or we did something right, you know what happens? We give the glory to God for his gifts and for his grace in that moment. When things are not going well and we keep praying, the very act of prayer is giving glory to God, knowing that the answers aren't ours, but they have to come from Him. If our prayers are going to be answered, they have to come from Him, and they have to be for His glory. As we ask for things like forgiveness, this daily bread, these things cannot be given by us. We need the power of God. We need the glory of God to be given. I think about it when we get things like forgiveness, we understand that, right? But what about when we get a paycheck? Do we understand that? But it's not by our might or our power that these things happen. It is to the glory of God that these things might be able to happen. The skill that we have, the ability to make money. You know what that is? That's a gift from God. Amen. The 
abilities and wisdom that we have, what are they? They're a gift from God. We sing a song from time to time, the breath in our lungs, not, not only that, but the, the brain cells that we have left working, they're a gift from God. When we don't give God the glory, we are glory thieves. And this prayer reminds us not to do that. And I pray that we might recognize that God's, that God's glory in and through our lives is a good thing. And that as we die to self, we might be able to follow Jesus. And that God might give us the same resurrection life with Christ. And in that, that God gets the credit. And then we have this last piece, forever and ever. I think about it this way. May God's kingdom come and last forever and ever. Amen. That we might learn to trust God forever and ever. That we might never drift from him, but come back to him in big and small ways. That just as we were talking about before service, as scripture goes out, let it do its work. It will come back. It won't come back void. And so when we say forever and ever, these are some of the things that we get to pray about, that we get to riff on, that God is saying, may God's reign never end. May God's power never cease. And may God get the glory right now and forevermore. And then I love the word amen. It simply means, yes, I agree. Amen. Yes, I agree. We can agree with the Lord's prayer and its echoes and its effects in our lives. And so I pray that we may practice it, that the repetition won't get lost on us. But as we practice it, that we get to expect God to work in our life because that's what he's doing. So will you guys, one last time, it won't be the last time at church, but last time today, that we pray the Lord's Prayer with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.